Instagram what is your favorite what we do in the shadows rewatch podcast I'm Claire I'm Carson I'm Richie and I'm Matt and if we have a different energy it's because we're recording two episodes back to back so we don't have any emails to say because I said them in the last episode but this week we have watched what we do in the shadows season five episode seven entitled hybrid creatures Ooh, spooky but before we give our commentary it's time for the Richie recap let's get Richie to recap In this episode, we start off again with a little bit more science from Laszlo, like we did in the previous episode. Um, so we are introduced that, similar to the frogs that Laszlo had before, their little Guillermos, uh, he has experimented more and more with different animals, leading to these kind of stray, the stray animals creating these animal slash Guillermo hybrids that are frightening. They're, we'll talk about it, so they exist, and I wish they didn't. Because I think our world would be a better place without the presence of that kind of being. Maybe they're cool. Maybe they're not. Whatever. Enough on that, though. I don't want to talk about those <laughs> what, things anymore. Whoa. I do not like them. Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> this is going to be a heavy episode, Rich. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dark oh, undertones already. Do <laughs> uh, I start over? <laughs> no. No, you're in it now. You're in it now. You said what you that said. That's gotta uh, be the tag to start the episode. I don't know last, if those things last, belong in this world or not. Oh, I, I don't think I agree with what I said. I kind of like them now that I think about it. But uh, Lazo gives Guillermo the task to uh, basically do what I was encouraging earlier on in the Richie recap. <laughs> get rid of these things. <laughs> and also during this episode, we have Nadja, who is now teaching classes to her peers from Little Antipaxos on American Sicily assim- Assimilation. Uh, we find out that Nandor and Colin Robinson are students in her class, much to her dismay. Um, but eventually, uh, Nadja meets a woman named Helen, who says that she can help out with the hex. Um, eventually, Nadja finds out that Helen was just using Nadja as a way to get donuts from the Dunkin' Donuts in Staten Island, in which she has been banned from. While Nadja is doing this and trying to make sure she can get rid of her hex by working with Helen, Colin Robinson and Nandor take over the class and try to teach the students themselves. As you can imagine, they are awful at teaching people. Um, what the kind of all leads to eventually is when they take them to the museum in Staten Island, and there's a little exhibit about the uh, immigrant experience in Staten Island, and Nandor realizes that he has his own stuff on display within this uh, this museum, and uh, not very uh, doesn't have a lot of good things to say about Nandor. He's very sad about it, and uh, Con Robinson at the end makes him feel makes him feel good about it. Kind of writes that wrong, but uh, yeah, that's basically a Richie recap with some uh, statements I wish they could retract, and I uh, officially will say I do not endorse. My uh, my sayings at the free at the beginning of this Richie recap. No taxi backsies in the Richie recap. <laughs> you get one shot, Richie. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about this is literally yesterday was a three year anniversary. The the guy for the Royals who like said like the Epsler when Thomas the Castellanos at the home run. <laughs> and he has to do oh, an apology. I feel like him right now. <laughs> I, he didn't say anything that bad. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> deep into left field. Yeah, 
<laughs> By the way, I was at the game yesterday. Castellanos hit a home run, of course, on the anniversary. <laughs> that's so funny. But enough that's, baseball. That's really good baseball humor for anyone. <laughs> anyone on who's listening to our none, show. Two listeners. None of our yeah. listeners enjoy baseball. Our so. eighteen to twenty-seven <laughs> female queer identifying audience is not. <laughs> That, that is not going to be yeah. Our, our, yeah. Maybe also, mostly international. I mean, I, I feel like we have a large international, at least that writes in. Oh, we haven't addressed that for uh, like at least a week. We were in the top 50 like film and TV podcasts in New Zealand, which is fucking <laughs> That wild. is crazy. <laughs> like, I know that they don't have that many people there, but it's still extremely funny to me that we're ranking that highly in New Zealand. What was that one email we got from that like podcast analytics firm? I don't know if it was for this one or maybe it was for our more successful mouth grab podcast. Yeah, far more successful. It was it was like congratulations, you're number like one twenty six in like Palestine or something like that. Based. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, it was something like that. Uh, okay. Why? Why is that a useful statistic for me? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I saw I was just checking. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Back to the actual episode at hand. I think, Matt, yes. you described this as the craziest intro of any episode, right? Oh, my so, God. Stand by that? So I stand by it, and I stand by it for the specific reason that I've seen the movie Sorry to Bother You, which is the strangest and craziest movie I've yeah. ever seen. Carson, have you seen this film? Mm-hmm. Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. Can't spoil it. Oh, I have to spoil it. It's too good of a twist. If you want to see this movie... And I'm, uh, I'm about ahead. to spoil it. Skip ahead like 30 seconds to a minute. Basically, or, yeah. What, Rich? I was going to say, or you, can listen about, or you can listen to the episode about it on Mouth Grab. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, I'm not watching that movie again because it, it really frightened me the first time, but it's very good. Anyway, Boots Riley directed this fantastic film where it takes a twist at the end where the main character turns into a horse person. And he, he is called an Equisapien. And Army Hammer, who plays the bad guy, wants to make him, and I quote, the Martin Luther King of Equisapiens because he wants to manufacture their civil rights movement that he knows is coming once he makes them into this subclass of people. So seeing these animals that are part Guillermo, part animal, really draw like drew me back to watching that for the first time, where none of us saw it coming, and it really made me upset. So upset that we all stood literally stood in front of the TV and watched House Hunters for an hour and a half afterwards. <laughs> it is they pulled, the, they pulled a Bojack? Wildest. It's so wild. It doesn't make any sense. Like it, They kept it out of all of the marketing. So uh-huh. people just thought it was like a comedy. And then all of a sudden at the end, it takes this like wild left turn. And I was sitting in the theater and people were shocked. That is a phenomenal is 9 out of 10 movie. It's called Sorry to Bother You. Yes, no, I, I nearly shot myself when I, yeah. those things came on screen for the so, first time. Yeah, so that's yes. why it was so upsetting to me. Is it like it made me come to the face the reality that was well, that, that watch experience. Matt, am I allowed to drill down into your, your deep fears here? Don't you have a thing about like humanoid cats? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about this or is this too personal to you? Yeah, no, we can talk about it. Um, there was a. F- Rich, I told you about this. You were there yeah. when this happened. What what was it like? A fancy feast commercial? I think it was something something like that. It, if not that, then like very very close to being that. Something adjacent to it. It was like a fancy feast commercial where they had like anthropomorphized cats. It was like a cat. There was like a person wearing a suit. That was going through a club, 
and it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I had, <laughs> I had nightmares about it. I still do, actually, to this day, no. of being chased by an anthropomorphic cat up Ethan's house, up the back porch, and I lock the screen door, and it opens the screen door, and it comes <laughs> towards me slowly, and there's nothing I can do. I once woke up screaming, and it was so frightening that Ethan's housemate came down and said, are you okay? <laughs> Okay, There's something that about it that just Matthew. it just fills me with an utter sense of dread, which I know in the description of it, it's a little whimsical, like an anthropomorphic cat. No, it, there's like something, the feeling of it. Seeing which that is, dog is was horrible. I watched the movie Cats with you, Matt. <laughs> yes, and I did not enjoy it. And it no. wasn't just for the fact that it's a bad movie. No. I have two wild pulls here. One is right, I'm going to go yeah, with... Yeah. Uh, in Practical Jokers, Sal very famously How are we back on has this? a fear of cats. <laughs> Number two, my second wild pull here. Am I the is... Sal? Yeah, you are. <laughs> the Sal of the Squadron. Uh, number two here is uh, very recently there was like a, a viral video of like bears in a Chinese zoo and they had to release like, bears. A, yeah. had to release, yeah. like a yeah, statement they're cool. saying they're not people in suits. Which I think yeah. is wild okay sorry continue i had to edit a video relevant. of that bear but it's such a stupid story because it's like yeah they just do that like bears yeah. just do that sometimes it's not, it's like, that's the entire it's... story it's like yeah <laughs> wow. it's a little weird but bears be like that oh like <laughs> why are we writing about this in national publications anyway i mean i really appreciate how we're not talking about the episode just because it was scary but we are here for a purpose sorry yeah yeah, yeah. let me let me get us back on track okay again lastly overall the science. Thoughts? oh yeah overall thoughts liked it big fan I was less a fan than I was of the previous episode. I really liked the previous episode. I thought this one was a little bit weaker. Okay. I just didn't like the B plot as much. Like the the A plot of the creepy things was great, and the makeup work was astounding and incredible. Like all of the the visual effects were amazing, and like big shout out. But then the I think the B plot was a little bit weaker. See, I loved the B plot. Really, that was my favorite part. I was part. delighted by it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh. And it was it was mostly because we got to cut away from that dog <laughs> <laughs> and the little pig that said, I made an oopsie daddy. And, and, the, the and we got to see the real life <laughs> version of that donut witch from Adventure Time. Where she says, <gasps> and then disappears people. Yes. Yes. I Hella forgot about that. But I just now. thought, I mean, no, but to be serious, I did think that that plot was just so stupid. It was funny. Just like, why, why is that in the show? I don't know. It's just funny. Rich, how about you? What were your thoughts on this up? Well, I, I mean, I liked the episode once I got past the trauma of the animal hybrids. Um, Am but... I the only one that liked the animal hybrids? I thought they were amazing. I thought, yeah, well, you I also thought it was like good for the show, parks. but they're definitely creepy. Yeah. One of them the, one of them made me laugh a lot, but we'll get, we'll get to that. See, I haven't seen Star Wars, but to me, they look like Ewoks, based off what I think an Ewok looks Aww, like. Oh, yeah, a little bit. No, uh, but okay. That's true. <laughs> As a resident Star Wars fan. Yeah. Mr. Star Wars. I mean, Wars. The, the dog one, kind of, maybe. <laughs> Star Wars. You can just call him Mr. Wars, that's fine. Yeah. We, the, 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 the one with the face in the pond scared the shit oh, out of me. Holy shit. And then oh, the way... Yeah. yeah. Daddy, what is wank? 
Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. When okay. I started calling him daddy, I was like, oh no. Is I it literally, my like second note of my notes is just, sorry, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that really, <laughs> it's just emblematic of the episode. Uh, yeah, but Lazo's doing some real, I mean, again, Carson, you're, you're saying Lazo's not doing real science. He's like fully Dr. Frankenstein over here. But I'm saying he's got like magical ingredients to work with. Sure, like he's sure. he's got a leg up on the scientists of the world. Yeah, yeah he's got the magic blood. He always got some freaky stuff going in his blood. I don't know. Yeah, you're, this you're right. He also has like he also has had so much time to like learn science too because he's like immortal. So he just has that that leg up. Like if there's anyone to make these kind of scientific breakthroughs, it would be the person that has like been doing science for. Yeah, but years. I don't think Laszlo is actually learned. I think he's fake learned. I think That's he likes to true. present that he's learned, but like I don't think he is. I think he just likes to think of himself that way. Sorry, I was um, thinking about. I, I was thinking about. Uh, no, no, it's not important. Go ahead, what do you think about? What do you think about? Yeah, yeah. No, the table. You always do this to me. I, I, I get the chance to flip this on someone else. I'm taking full advantage <laughs> of this. Claire, what are you <laughs> thinking of? <laughs> I was just thinking about. You don't like it now. Huh? <laughs> I was just thinking about like. The, the Into the Woods bit where they're like, the cow is white as milk, the cape is red as blood, the hair is yellow as corn, the slipper is pure as gold. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. That's going to kill yeah. with some of our 15-year-olds. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite musicals. Anyway. What? Sorry, what the hell were we talking about? I don't know. I don't uh, do we want to talk I don't really think we were talking about anything about real. The, the community college plot? Because basically... Yeah. Um, Naja is teaching assimilation into America, which I think is actually very funny commentary it's very good. on oh, yeah. America. Um, mm. She lists some words for money, which <laughs> I I wrote down: uh, dollar, cash, green, cabbage, skrilla, cheddar, dinero, <laughs> and scratch. Which I think I that's all. Skrilla. That's all true, though, isn't it? More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's. I've never heard some of them, but I guess you could use that. It does feel like. Um, I think I've told you about the DEA's list of drug slang terms that they release like every year. Mm. And it's like a 80 page PDF that's just listed and it's like marijuana. And then it's like four pages, just common, common values. Yeah. It did feel like that. I, my favorite part of her lesson though. Well, I, two favorite parts. One is that she's role playing somebody from New York and she's like, I spilled my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> really good and then she's like right that she was she was giving driving <laughs> lessons driving lessons yeah and then she like fake walks in the car and she's like i'm walking here i'm walking here yeah people do that in the city it's true do they um my favorite thing though was that she had a map of america that she divided <laughs> into hollywood texas and staten island and she said that their news their uh their uh, industries were films for hollywood newspapers for staten island <laughs> and beef for texas <laughs> which i feel like for for an international perspective on america i feel like that's pretty much what people know about america yeah and it's literally true they know like new york they know california and they know texas and that's about it which is fair that's all there's the only good places that's all there, that's but, all like, there is yeah. that's all there texas is. there's parts of texas cook a barbecue yeah. i'll defend texas like san Why? antonio is pretty austin's nice i'd let them secede if they wanted to well, you're a bit biased, Carson. Austin is your brother, after all. Yeah. <laughs> <Ew. laughs> 
That's why I'm here, ladies and gents. That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's if they do not watch the, if they don't listen to the last episode before this one, people will be very. <laughs> yeah, back to the ass joke. Rich, <laughs> Richie's just warmed up from the previous episode. He's yeah. got we, a roll. We don't like this, Richie. Uh oh. I'm existing rowdy. on a different plane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also don't like Texas. So I'm with Matt. <laughs> on a serious note. <laughs> wow. Carson, why I'm do you like Texas? Like, yeah. There, there are parts of Texas that are very nice. Carson, they would not don't like mess with you Texas. there. Is it anti-littering campaign? Yes. I did not know that actually. Yeah, isn't it a fun fact? Also, they make a little not Texas, but Naja makes a little American <laughs> jingle that goes "Burger Surprise Mickey Mouse Mount Rushmore Yeehaw." <laughs> and then they that. all they all do a little lasso or lasso for international listeners i want everybody to do an exercise for international listeners if you're not from america i would love for you to just like email in your ideas of what america is like i would be fascinated to know is it gonna Please. be a lot of mount rushmore yeehaw i hope so that's that's I, pretty much accurate am, yeah always like every time i see a video where it's like people from other countries talking about america and like what they think about it i it's unbelievably fascinating because there are some i love it very like wild things that like I think some of them think is fake, but it's not. Like a big thing I think is like the yellow school buses. People think that's like not real. And I'm like, oh no, those are very real. Oh yeah, it's like real. Lockers in schools. Yeah. Nope, those exist. That's not she the thing also... in schools that would surprise me the most. The guns? Oh, yeah. The yeah. That gets yeah. me the most too. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, if um, you're if you're an international listener, please send us your best American accent impression. It is the funniest thing in the world yes, to please. me yes, for please. people doing bad American accents. I'm it's giving so you permission to make fun of us. It is it. so good. The hard please R's that they put in there. Oh. Send it and then give us permission to play them in the podcast because I would love to do that. I will not play them because I feel like that would frighten a lot of people. But <laughs> we will play them Explicit for ourselves. Permission. Yeah. Um, she also has a lesson on Thanksgiving, which I think is cute because she's been to a Thanksgiving in the Brain Scramblies episode. Yes, but she mm. does. Wait, no. That was Super Bowl part. Oh, that's right. You got confused because they thought it was a similar tradition to Thanksgiving. They did. Which is fair, Claire. You got wrapped up in so much in the lore of the show. <laughs> you started thinking like they do. You know, guys, plot is not my strong suit. <laughs> but the owls just don't have killed it. Don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. She does get very. Like, the Thanksgiving traditions were, were hilariously incorrect also thanksgiving is uniquely american so points for her for getting that but like also uniquely not american i think canada is, I think, other yeah. countries have thanksgivings do they what canada just canada uh okay, so well, I, I, uniquely I, north american i, don't I, know, I think you may be correct carson in terms of like how thanksgiving is maybe celebrated like and so it's just like so standard like does every place just have like a turkey and then like well but she has them put on like football helmets and stuff which i think is is unique american at the very least yeah yeah we do all eat our turkey with helmets on football helmets on fun fact in case any of the international listeners are wondering yeah yeah that does happen no they also celebrate thanksgiving in granada oh really Hmm. yes that out i was actually Um, talking about granada yesterday Shout out to all the Granada listeners. We're rivaling yes. ourselves for worst episode here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get us back on track. 
I liked that she's only doing all of this philanthropy stuff to get rid of her hex. Like, it's purely selfishly motivated. It's so it's sad. About to like a, a good way to get rid of a hex. I feel like you have to do it altruistically. Yeah. Also, I'm taking bets on if the hex is real or the guy completely made up the hex and is convincing Nadja. Like, she was just trying to get Nadja to be no, a friend. Like, I think it's fake. I think Matt called it from the beginning. Like, I think we're pretty sure that it's the guy. Oh, right? sorry. I yeah. actually didn't think that that was a question. I thought it was totally understood that that was the guide. Is that no, no, no? You, you. I don't think that it is understood. Oh. I think that that's supposed to be a mystery, but I think you one hundred percent called it from the. Front. Oh, okay. Oh, it's yeah, way I'm funnier if you just think it's the guide, though, because then it's just Nadja misinterpreting yeah. the signals over and over again, like of like someone you burned, and then she happened to have like burned down a school yes. <laughs> in her town, which is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. how could the guide have predicted that? But it is also it's... really sad for the guide. It is. But I like that um, uh, another another episode with the Colin Robinson Nandor pairing because they both take her little class, and it's very cute. And I thought also maybe we can maybe we can dive into this. The commentary on like the cool professor archetype I found very <laughs> so good. We all went to a liberal arts college that like had a lot of characters like that, and I found it highly amusing. Uh, Claire. Maybe any of you, did you, uh, are, are you familiar with, I'll bleep his name, the professor? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm familiar with Mark. The one with the insane yeah. opinion pieces? The Unfortunately, one with, no. The one with the opinion piece that he published online where he was like, it's a shame I can't call kids slaves anymore. Um, and then he also would talk about, huh? he also would talk about himself as a Rottweiler doing cocaine. It's, he's he's the one that uh, called bleep that school, uh, called our <laughs> university... Even probably this, you probably can't include North Korea University, right? <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's insane. Claire, Claire is bang on that. There were a lot of uh, unique souls, shall we say, at our university. And then there was also the health person, the culture. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I had a, uh, a this is gonna be impossible to talk about. No, no, no. I can be vague about it. I had a personal feud, a personal unprofessional feud with the man who ran our university's wellness center, who also had a very strange and I thought sort of unethical and creepy uh, cult of personality around him. And uh, I'm not still not a fan of this man, but he very much had that energy where he's like, I'm not like, I'm not an arc. I'm like a cool guy. Like you could talk to me about anything. Like if he had the opportunity to wear a leather trilby as Colin Robinson was, I think he would have. It also did. I did like how Colin then referenced Garden State later because that yeah. that was very much like he did feel like a Zach Braff character. That was a personal attack on me. <laughs> Why? Um, I'm a fan of the song "New Slang" by The Shins. That's a good song. <laughs> yeah. I liked when uh, he took a dig at uh, the creative writing people and he said that uh, <laughs> he used to take creative writing night classes and he wrote, an ode to my father's masculinity. Easy drain. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. really good. Claire, not to, not to bring it back to something we'll probably have to cut, but do you know exactly what that made me think of? Aditi's creative <laughs> writing class and all of those <laughs> insane essays that everyone wrote, specifically yes. that one person who goes by their initials who wrote the essay about how if they were valedictorian, uh, the speech they would have given calling people drug, uh, mm. pe- uh, vi- basically victims of like drug abuse, uh, and then just horrible people, which God would I have paid to watch that go down in person. But so where were we on the show? 
Um, I don't know. Where were we at? Well, they uh, Guillermo has to kill the horrifying creatures that Laszlo created. <laughs> um, Truly, I think they're so cute. Huh. I can I just say though the the time that I laughed the most in this episode is so he basically finds out that they can all talk or, or most of them can talk I think actually all of them can talk but the dog the one who's the dog Guillermo hybrid is kind of the leader but he has such a deep voice and also a southern accent and he says this one line where he's like our elders spoke of a prophecy and I lost it it's so funny. <laughs> and I love this like, little what hamster elders? gerbil one. Is it just a keeps rat? trying to hump? It's maybe it's a rat, but whatever yeah. it is, it, it just keeps trying to hump Guillermo. I didn't like it. I'm I think it learned from last a little bit too much. Yeah. No, the the elders were like 15 minutes older. Like, yeah. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> and then how did Pinky yeah, I mean, get into the pond? It's a fish, right? Or no, it's a tadpole. What? Mm. Right? What is a koi fish? There? Well, that's will probably put it there. I think it was a tough oh, guess. Unless the, the most fragile. Either way, I don't like him. Yeah, unless Laszlo accidentally I mean, made that one because, like, by dumping something in the pond, in the mm, same way that the sheep yeah, was made. True. Oh, well, sort of. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I thought these these hybrids were funny. But also at the same time, I felt like when there was a funny thing, I was still just a little freaked out. And so it wasn't as funny as I wish it could have been. Like when that little thing come and said, Daddy, what is wank? Like that's, <laughs> that's objectively hilarious. They were really funny, but I was still a little like, uh, was, Or when the, the dog with the deep southern voice says, <laughs> he points to an actual dog and says, this fetching bitch is my beautiful daughter. You may lay with her. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely was, was going to mention that. That was an incredible line. Just the deep voice is so funny in and of itself. Oh my god. I do need to make a call to Laszlo's gardening attire in that his hat has returned. The hat that the Claire hat that famously did not like, but I very much enjoy. I think it's great. Was that the first TikTok that we ever made? It, it one of the few. Yeah. Using a very generous we, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you credit for your voice being in it, I guess. Well, while we're talking about, like, choices of, of clothing or whatever, similar to that, the creature effects for the horrible creatures, the animals, was really good. Yes. Like, They're so the, impressive. The execution is really yeah. excellent. It seemed like, I, I mean, at least for the little creatures, like a maybe a blend of, like, VFX, but they, they were mostly, it seemed like, I was going to say prosthetics. Practical. Not the right word. Yeah, practical effects. And I think fish... some of them were stop motion, to be honest. That's what it looked like. Yeah. A little rad for sure. I thought that was just like a little puppet. It might have been a puppet. Yeah. Definitely a lot of prosthetics, though. I've been, um, unfortunately, watching a lot of Doctor Who recently, and it's like very similar <laughs> vibes where they just like take a guy and like put a lot of prosthetic makeup on him. Like, it's that sort of thing. Thank God there, there was, was a cat. Legitimately impressive effects too. Like in the way they, I think they were able to blend like different, I, whatever it was, puppet, stop motion, and then prosthetics on like a person. Like they were able to blend like five or I don't know, however many different effects together in a way that they all felt similar and grounded and that's akin to each other. Mm -hmm. so good. Like that's that's really difficult to do. I feel like. 
Hi, Marks. And they, when Guillermo turned into a bat-like creature, whatever, and the, I guess it was a cold open, but um, he was flying around the room and like, that was probably CGI or something, or at least somebody was like swinging a tennis ball on a stick. But like it hit the chandelier and it moved, yeah. which was nice, nice. I don't know, like, yeah, like I said, it, gr- it grounds the effect. It, like, makes it feel like it's actually part of the scene instead of just, like, pasted on. Mm-hmm. Agree. I think that's really hard to do when, you're starting, when you start to mix different effects, too. Because you're going from, like, things that could look wildly different because you're, like, you're just, there's different ways of making things. And so to be able to, like, put that all together in one scene and have, like, a couple different ways you're doing things and have it, like, all feel the same, I think is, is a really difficult thing to do. But they pull it off. Those mad lads, they do it. Um, can we touch a little bit? We've we've talked about it a little bit, but the the Helen plotline. Mm. Mm. There's a couple of elements of it that I actually really liked as like kind of subtle commentary. Like the first time that Nadja meets Helen, there's actually a really good example of like how cold reading works because. A very common thing in cold reading, which is essentially, like, if you don't know what that is, it's when somebody who typically is pretending to be psychic will kind of, like, um, either... Motorcycle outside. Either, like, intuit things about you, guess things about you, or use information that you've given them and have forgotten and recite it back to you so that they seem psychic. So how this works in this episode is that uh, Nadja actually, like, mentions, like, oh, can you help me with the hex? And then Helen's like, oh, I see you have a hex. And then not just impressed by that because she's forgotten that she's already told Helen that. And I actually, I liked that as kind of a a subtle example of how cold reading works. Um, And I liked that Helen is pretending to be a witch by picking a stick up off the ground and wanting Dunkin' Donuts. And it's very good. It's so funny that like, Nadja, I I feel like she fully has all of the pieces to put together that she is not a real witch. She's so like, easily, yeah. She claims this stick is very old, but I, I think I saw her go pick it up outside. But, like, she's so desperate to get rid of the hex, I think, that, like, she's willing to just completely blow past anything that's like, mm. could potentially be a red flag. Yeah. So I kind, of, I kind of forget exactly, like, there is, at least in Nadja's world, like, a hex that's been placed upon her. But how does that hex, like, impact her in any way so far? Or is it she just, does she just know there's a hex and she wants to get rid of it? I like, think what's she this, like immediacy is like ascribing all of her misfortune for her like making poor decisions to a hex. Okay. Like, oh, I lost my club, and it's not like, oh, I don't want to have to take real responsibility for the fact that like this club, like fully, it was my fault. I was doing too much drug blood, <laughs> and so she's like trying to ascribe all responsibilities to a hex instead of having to face that. Like, oh, th- these are the product. This these. Results are the products of my own poor decision making. It's very, uh, makes sense. it's very Fox Mulder coded, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. what? I want to believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. God is Thank scully. you for I don't clarifying. Know. I think uh, it's like a gender swap, right? Like Lazla would be Scully, the scientist. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But he also, like, kind of believes in spooky stuff, so I, I, I don't really know. It, it's not a perfect one to one. Um, some other good Colin Robinson being a cool teacher stuff. A couple things I noted down. He says, I'd rather be reading Bukowski. <laughs> <laughs> He's handing out condoms. He has a shirt that says, let passion lead you. He, he has does. his little leather trilby and he does a little rap, which is just the worst trying to be relatable to the kids. I hate it. Oh, he's it like, was, like Macbeth slam like... poetry. So Ugh. bad. 
It gave me like Lin Manuel Miranda like energy. <laughs> Parentheses derogatory. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So much so. Oh my god. Um, but Nandor just wants to teach his little history lesson. I actually find it very cute that Nandor is like actually really into history. Like I find it really <laughs> wholesome when he takes them to the museum. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. I don't know. He's into history, but he's also exclusively into the history of El Canada and like well, sharing sure. sharing yeah. his culture. Which I is did, fair, but like, I did laugh really hard when he was like, "Western historians call this the year 1262. You can call it the year O. <laughs> they said <laughs> yeah. O. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Like it's not zero, but he's just like, "That's where history begins. This is when alcohol and dar begins." Didn't Persians come up with the um, concept of zero? They might have done. I believe. That. I'm making that up. <laughs> that makes I don't sense. Think it was right? Persians. I think it was Phoenicians. That could be right. I would have whitewashed that one, Carson. I, I think it was the Phoenicians, though. Because they were big into trade. And so they... No, apparently it was the Mayans. The oh, Mayans? Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia and the Mayans yeah. in, invented it independently because they were just doing oh, okay. their own thing over there. Heck yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. We love to see it. Um, okay. Sense, yeah. It's a pretty low-hanging fruit of an idea. I really want to go back to the time when you could make a real breakthrough by coming up with zero. Reason <laughs> that's just like that's just like a roast of like the foundation of like mathematics for people thousands of years ago. So unnecessary. <laughs> I saw Richie clock that, and it was so delightful. And the this is of just doing what he was one hundred percent one of my very toxic <laughs> traits. But I I really think that like if I was cast back away in time, I know this is very false. But, like, I have a very self-inflated ego, so bear with me for a second. He admits it, though. White man. I feel like... <laughs> bing, bing. Uh, I feel like if I was, like, cast back to the time before, like, algebra was invented, I'm like, man, I could kill that shit. Like, I would destroy it. But also, I would have died, so, like, not a perfect comparison, but, like... <laughs> this reminds, reminds me a lot of my grandpa. There's, like, an ongoing joke of, like, my family, like, my grandfather, we'd all be billionaires if, like, it's just something happened. My grandpa claims he invented airbags, but then somebody else came out with them, like, a few months after. <laughs> <laughs> grandfather thing to do. Like, I and there's, like, three that. different things like that. It's, like... <laughs> oh, my God. Near misses. Honestly, I, I kind of believe he did, too. It wouldn't so shock me. He's a smart guy. But Wow, that's so silly. Also, Carson, that's an insane thing to say. I just need you to <laughs> yeah. know. <laughs> I could have invented out. Like, I just wish there was that low-hanging fruit still around today. I'm like, man, I got so lucky. Like, gravity, like, come on. Isn't it just relative, though? Oh, yeah. it fully is. It fully, fully is, and I know that in my brain. But also, I'm like, man, that shit's easy. Stop it. See, if this I, is, this I is insane. <laughs> yeah. I had a fast back then. I'd just be like rubbing two sticks together or something like that. I'd just be, I'd be doing my own thing. I'd be worrying, concerning myself about the zero. You know? But like I said, I would be dead either way. So like it's it's kind of a, a point that doesn't matter. Perfect. What if instead? Yeah. What if if you discovered it, they would have called the zero Carson. It would have gone zero. It would have gone Carson one two. But you would just be like. A number for nothing. How can you have a thing for nothing? That's what I feel like Richard's that, logic would be. I think that's that's a good. That sounds impression. like a direct quote from like a Seinfeld stand-up. That kind of does actually. A for nothing. <laughs> How do you have a thing that means nothing? Jesus Christ, guys! This is what happens when we record this podcast at 11 p.m. We just go off the fucking rails. 
Hey, I do have I do have something to bring us back. Please, if you want. Please, God. So I've noticed uh, if you paid attention to the credits, every episode this season has been directed by one of two people. And I'm going to butcher the Ooh. names because I'm doing it by memory, but it's Kyle Newichuk, I believe, and Yana Gorsakaya. And they're also both executive producers on the show. And I think they previously directed and written a couple of the episodes, but I think, I think, and I haven't checked this, that they got bumped up for this season to executive Ooh. producers and directors. And I think that that's why this season is good, is that it's a much more singular vision that they seem mm. to have contained. Also, crazy thing to note, one of the main writers for this season just wrote Frasier. What? All of it? Yes. Whoa. That's crazy. So they have, like, big talent and then, like, strong direct direction in behind and on, on Seton. And I think that's the reason why this this. I support that hypothesis. There has been a number of, like, to to bounce off that, there's just been, like, a number of, like, through lines this season in terms of just uh, Guillermo's transition and transformation, but then also, like, Nandor dealing with that, people, like, finding, like, season-long arc that they, I don't think they've done really like this before. Well, season four, I mean. There is with Colin getting back older, but, like, I feel like there are, like, direct like lead-ins from the one episode to the next where it's like oh gear uh, like laszlo's making frogs of guillermo and then the next episode there's the like horrific like animal people yeah i think i i agree with you in the sense that like what this show does really well and i think other shows struggle with i mean god i'm watching a lot of doctor who recently so doctor who comes to example uh comes to the forefront of my mind um but like it's good at balancing the individual arcs of the episode are all very good and stand alone while also having these little tidbits that create this overarching mm-hmm. narrative without without monopolizing every episode of being the overall plot of the season. Like I think that I think that they make that balance very well and that's what I like about this season specifically. It's like it's a very difficult line. If yeah. you ever watch uh, NCIS the first <laughs> two and last three episodes of their 23 epi- or 21 episode seasons always deal with the main plot maybe one in the middle but the rest of it just a murder doesn't have to deal with anything else classic now i know that we're we're praising the writing a lot so i just want to point out my favorite really detailed subtle nuanced joke which is that Nadja cannot pronounce the word cruller yes i thought you would (laughs) like that (laughs) cruelan it's like lasik all over lape kiss (laughs) Lip shits. <laughs> I did like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Laszlo wags in the shed, we find out. So that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I love that um, as a running joke that like Guillermo can get away with anything when Laszlo's around just by saying he's waking. And Laszlo is so happy. Yeah. He's like, oh, good man. Yeah. My boy. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, I guess we didn't really talk too much about the nandor stuff on display without his knowledge mm, yeah at the staten island museum um what do you guys think of kind of the of nandor's description by by the plaque so any, any agreements or any disagreements i mean i i could not tell at first if that was just colin robinson trying to get a rise out of nandor yeah but then since he changes it it makes me feel like maybe that was like 
what was written there. It just I sounds so ridiculous, but it's so funny. Like it did. It didn't sound vaguely enough like how they would write like a you know a, a, an an artifact description at like the Smithsonian or something. It's like you know this is an early work of erotic fiction. I liked it. Wait, as are you a... for... No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just going to ask Matt if he was referring to sky fucking. <laughs> I'm always referring to sky fucking, Richard. I was going to say I kind of liked it as a commentary of like how we piece together history and how obviously we're always working with incomplete information. And so to have somebody who actually was there at the time, it just really brought to light to me like how much how much knowledge Nandor actually has just being from that time period and how vampires could probably help historians kind of a lot having lived through that time. I mean, even somebody like Laszlo or Nadja, having been alive for that many centuries and having actually experienced history, would be able well, to Well, Laszlo is Jack the Ripper. So like, there's one yeah, big mystery I mean, solved. There's these little things where it's like, if if they were to actually put their minds to it, they would be able to help historians quite a bit um, in this universe. I think that's a really interesting point because like, you're, you're like very correct that like everything about history that we know artifacts, uh, is an interpretation. I mean, you obviously yeah. have firsthand sources, sources and texts and stuff, but like you're also still making your best interpretations of like the artifacts that you have in front of you. But I also think it's really funny how fragile Nandor is about it. Yeah, and how like he gets so upset that people will think that he is like this. Like I don't know. I don't even know what he's that upset about. I think he's just worried that history will remember him unkindly all of a sudden well like a lot of his character is built on sort of remembering this glorious past like he even still calls himself nandor the relentless because of his past and how he would be in battle and a lot of his character arcs and and growth is him talking about like what he did in the past and how he's changed from the past like he has that whole thing about how he wants to get married because he used to have so many wives and like he wants to do these things because he used to be so cool and so hip and so i think having that taken away from him, having that like sort of partially real and partially imagined, I think, history, it, it is it kind of cuts to the core of his identity as somebody who really built himself upon his own history and mystique. Can I make a, a late night thought? Yeah. Kind of off the back of that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm only going to talk about this in reference to the last two episodes. Again, we're recording these back to back. But I think, at least in terms of how they've organized the way that they write the episodes, I think each episode has had a theme this season. Mm. And each uh, uh, and a different character will say the theme in the episode. So in the previous episode, I think it was something like trust the science, which is something that Nadja says. Yeah. And it, uh, uh, I think it's Nadja says, or maybe Lazo says it. And it's like, you know, the doctor is telling Nadja one thing, but she's going against it. However, Laszlo at the same time is doing experiments and he's trying to like use science to solve something. Mm-hmm. And this episode, Colin says a couple of times, like, history is a construct. Like, it's written by the victors or the conquerors. And, the oppressors. Yeah, the oppressors. That's what it is. Um, and we see that, you know, Nandor is dealing with his history and his the idea of, like, who he is. Uh, meanwhile, Nadja is dealing with, like, her own past and her own history. And it's like she's she's just constructing whatever she wants to construct, and so she is. If history is written by you know the oppressors, not just kind of oppressing herself and writing her own history as to what the he- what this hex is, what this is about, 
I feel like there might be more of an actual theme to the episodes than we've been thinking about. I don't know about the the Pride Parade one. It's probably something about like belonging or something. Who knows what's yeah. going on in that episode? And then it might be easy just to think of like the campaign and the local news one, um, just as like pretty good lampooning of those ideas. But I wonder if we look back, if we think and we look back, that there might be a more of a specific theme to each episode. Listener, I, that's actually a very good late night thought. When you said late night thought, I thought it was going to be incoherent, but that's actually kind of deep. <laughs> no, great late night thoughts, but I, it's too late night for me to think about the other episodes. Well, last time I did one of those and I put it out on the episode, uh, Ethan told me he got annoyed by it when he listened to it. So, well, um, screw we'll Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I found it interesting. I think now moving forward, I'll try to look at every episode as like, what yeah. was the the overall theme? I did think it was very cute. Oh, sorry, Rich, were you going to say anything? No, I wasn't actually. Are you sure? I, I dead honest, I was not going to say a thing. <laughs> well, now you got to okay. say something, Rich. Come yeah. something quick. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Damn. I was just going to say, uh, it's very cute that Colin Robinson, like, basically realizes that Nandor is hurt by this display. And not only, like, brings him his little keychain that I think he's, like, Nandor's mom gave to him or something yeah. kind of cute but basically pretends I think to rewrite the history so that Nandor seems really cool it was just yeah. like actually really thoughtful and like a surprisingly wholesome moment from Colin who has a tendency to kind of blow people off and or pretend that he doesn't mm. care when he might actually there were so many of these in these two episodes of these like wholesome like camaraderie moments I mean even bringing the animals to the retirement home i was like that's actually such a sweet because i thought my initial hypothesis was like oh they're gonna go like i thought they were gonna bring them to the baron because the baron already the baron and the sire already live in this kind of weird communal situation Mm -hmm. so i was like let's just put them all together but having them go to a retirement (laughs) home is such a cute (laughs) (laughs) such a cute such a cute idea i don't know i I do love laszlo's quote when he has gear with a gun and it's like steady thy hand and become death gizmo something like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Just a great line. Just in, impeccably written. Mm. I I love that this episode we have like <laughs> several kind of deep plot lines with the main characters. And then we have the character of Helen whose literal entire motivation <laughs> is that she really likes this one Dunkin' Donuts. Did we look up if that's a real Dunkin' Donuts location? Oh, um, now... Here's the but time we, I mean, for Claire. the episode where I have something fun to share with you guys. So, uh-uh. editor's note: uh, add in the X Files music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I told I told Matt to not let me forget to do this, but I remembered myself. Oh. Okay, so Claire, I you wanted like... to mention something this episode. Uh, thank you for leading me into that, Matt. Oh, let you. me uh, let me bring it up. So I like when the show brings up actual places in Staten Island because I live in New York and I think that's kind of fun. So um, the first time they bring up the Dunkin' Donuts, Helen says to go to to get a chocolate glazed donut from the Dunkin' on Forest Avenue. So I immediately went, there's a Forest Avenue in Staten Island. Let's see if there's Dunkin' Donuts. Well, because we're in the Northeast, there's not one, but in fact, four Dunkin' Donuts on <laughs> oh Forest God. Avenue. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then yeah. later in the episode, they specify that... Uh, she does not like the donuts from Forest and Broadway. She does like the donuts from Forest and South. 
And there is a Dunkin' Donuts at Forest and South. It's slightly off of South. It's in a, in a set of shopping center. So Forest Avenue and South Avenue in Staten Island. The address that I will give to you that is public is 2222 Forest Ave, Staten Island, New York, 10303. And I actually, because I thought it was funny, uh, took the liberty of looking up this Dunkin' Donuts and writing a review <laughs> for this Dunkin' Donuts location <laughs> based on the episode. So if you look up this location of Dunkin' Donuts, the most recent review is from me. And the review reads <laughs> as such. I gave it five stars because I didn't want the employees to get in trouble. But I wrote, <clears throat> This place vastly improved after they banned Helen the Magic Johnson from coming here. She was always waving her stick around and being a nuisance. Now I can confidently say this is the best Duncan on Staten Island. Don't even think of going to the one at Forest and Broadway. Ponds will. Oh my god. This place has the best treats and the best service. I had been suffering under a terrible hex for the past fortnight and was trying that was trying to teach me a lesson about friendship, but eating some of these scrumptious treats, chocolate glaze, thank you, seemed to have cured me completely. Come for the coffee that could raise the dead, stay for the mysterious Greek woman who always seems to appear around sundown. And then I photoshopped a photo of Colin Robinson holding a Dunkin' Donuts bag, and that is the photo that I submitted alongside the five-star review. Oh, my so God. So enjoy that. That's I'm, in the wild now. I'm looking at it right and, now. So yes, please same. send me a link to this. And, I'm trying to find and, it. And you want to know what's also funny, Claire? One four days prior, the first sentence is, the stench hits you like a truck. <laughs> 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 that was the first red flag. <laughs> that was the first. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Continue on with that review, please. Oh my god. The stench hit you like a truck when you opened the door. That was the first red flag. They've obviously never cleaned this place or aired it out. I kept the order simple because I was in a hurry. A wake-up wrap and a small tea. Horrible customer service, too. When I got back to my car, I saw that there was dirt on the wrap, and when I took the lid off my tea, the water was filthy, and there was dirt and grass in the tea. Threw it all out. No respect for themselves or their customers. The place is a health hazard. Management should be replaced. How the hell do you get like, grass in your tea? That's gotta grass? be fake. It's fake. That's on I, you. Well, the, contrast that with my glowing review. Five okay. stars. Well, this person has only ever reviewed my fast new... food places as one star on Google, so... I was... I was going to say we found our new hitch sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, Clay. There's four Dunkin' Donuts on Forest Avenue. I, That's, I was delighted. That makes so much sense. That. Yeah. I'm I'm from, like, a smaller town in Connecticut. I think there are six Dunkin' Donuts in my town. <laughs> <laughs> the Northeast, they go fucking feral for Dunkin' Donuts. It's crazy. It's incredibly yeah. funny. And valid. Anyway, whenever our podcast interacts with the real world, I find it incredibly amusing, so that's why I did that. I think it's never a good mm. sign when someone reviews a Dunkin' Donuts and the recommended dish they give you is the hash browns and smart water. <laughs> smart water. <laughs> the hash there. browns are good. I love hash browns. Also, it'd be really funny if they were like, if they thought the tea was dirty just because like it's tea. Like it, <laughs> there's <laughs> grass in there. Yeah, yeah it just looks they, like they dirty water, anyways. Leaves in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just green tea, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it's grass. Mm, <sighs> that's great, though, Claire. Thank you. I was amused should, by it. Should we? Uh, should we end on that high note then? Do our do our gatings and straightings? Oh, and yeah. I feel like we should back out of here. Before. Rich, you got something to say? I have, I just have two jokes that I I want to mention oh, that please. I thought was funny. Please. I thought it was funny that 
Helen was Helen the Magic Johnson. Any of you were familiar <laughs> yeah. with that was Irvin Magic Johnson? I yeah. thought that was great. Um, international listeners, he's a basketball player. Or used to be. <laughs> Um, and I also thought it was funny that Nando just found out his stuff was in the museum and like he didn't know. It's like he's like yeah, the British Museum or something underwear. like that. Yeah. yeah. They just like things that do not belong to them just at the museum. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a funny museum theme, but yeah. Yeah. I have my gating. Go for it. I have player. my gating for the episode. I didn't think it was a particularly gay episode. Um but Naja had a good plot line, so I'm gonna give it one out of two nuts that Colin Robinson exposes by wearing <laughs> shorts and sitting on the table. Jesus. I, w- I will say, Claire, too, on the IMDb, I'm going through the reviews, and this one is just titled, Make Nadja Be Gay. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> the washerwoman, the magic woman, are they different? Uh, Carson? Burn the guide. I saw a really good edit today. Of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll check our TikTok. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably one probably of the on liked there, videos. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was on Instagram. So, I hope you, oh, okay. the guide. I was, I was like, gonna say, I hope you didn't like it with the work account. Oof. <laughs> Could you imagine? Carson, what's your, what's your rating, dog? I will go one out of four. Dunkin' Donuts on Forest Avenue because, like Claire, I think it was not a very gay episode. Rich? Um, I'll go five out of the around nine different words that you can call money in the United States for the straight rating. I don't. I I thought it was pretty neutral in terms of being gay straight. I didn't think it was a huge part of the storyline that I can remember at least. So, pretty pretty mixed. Wasn't very gay, but I did like the episode, Animals Notwithstanding. So I'll give it probably a three out of six hours I will sleep tonight based <laughs> off of the nightmares I will be having because of that fucking dog. Well, we got anything else? Uh, I I did think that dog had crazy drip. He was the drip king. <laughs> when he was inside the... Uh... When he's inside the uh, the thing, the, uh, the retirement home. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Rich, Rich, Rich just changed his Zoom background to the dripped out <laughs> dog. He's got like the retro like Nets thing. He's got a bandana on. He, he does look pretty sick. He's uh, like kind of swole. He's kind of built too. This 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 thing would beat the shit out of me. Yeah. I'm being real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, thank you so much for listening Sorry. to another episode of Brain Scramblies. It's like 11.30 p.m. and we're tired, which is why if we sound strange, that's why. Um, if you want more of us, you should hit Carson's us up eyes on... are closed. Dude, Carson's <laughs> eepy and needy to sleep. Is he just okay. frozen? <laughs> oh, yeah, Mickey is frozen. But he froze in the funniest possible posture. If you want to hear more of us, we are on um, Instagram, TikTok, and X at scramblies underscore pod if you want a shout out at the beginning of the show we love all of our emails email us brainscramblyspod at gmail.com send us your thoughts your ideas your fan art whatever you want to send us and um if you want you should give us a little five-star review cheeky little five-star review on wherever you are listening to this podcast and we will see you next time when we listen nope when we watch episode eight